You are now listening to The Shyest Podcast, when millions of opinions just aren't enough. Hello to all my friends in Bill's Mafia. It's Victory Friday. And as I was working on my website, it crashed. So I jumped over here to do this episode of Buffalo Blues. Hello and welcome. Thank you for being here. If you listened last season, thanks for coming back. If you're new here... This is episode one, season two of My Buffalo Blues, and oh man, what a what a game it was. I was there at SoFi Stadium, and it was a little rocky, not gonna lie. When it was uh, 10-10 at the first half there, it was not the most ideal situation. The Rams, defending champions, getting a bunch of turnovers to keep him in the game, getting the ball to start the second half. It was a little shaky. It was a little worrisome. But Bills did a really nice job in the locker room at halftime, uh, rocking out to Ozzy Osbourne, making all the adjustments that needed to get made. And as I was writing the, the digital print version of this article that I've been doing for many years now, the website decided to crash uh, or kick me out for maintenance reasons, so instead of spending the next couple hours trying to troubleshoot that, I just decided to hop over here. I could have been doing this the whole time instead of working on an article for multiple hours that just ended up crashing anyway. Uh, but I digress. I had a great time. SoFi Stadium's gorgeous. The food, not so much. Uh, but the Bills fans that made the trek from wherever. We sat next to some people from Buffalo, some Bills, friend, uh, Bills fans from Florida. So we got to meet a lot of good Bills fans, high-energy fans, and fans that stuck it out for the whole game. As soon as it was 31-10, Rams fans started heading for the exits, trying to beat the traffic. And I don't blame them because we were there probably an hour after the game ended and the pickup line for rideshare was still a nightmare. Uh, we ended up walking two blocks and meeting our driver in the neighborhood nearby, but I think that worked out pretty well overall. Gonna get into some particulars of the game. That first drive, Bills got the ball first, Rams won the coin toss, deferred, uh, so the Bills received that opening kick and they came out and they looked like uh, they'd been ready for this one for a while. They go down the field, little mix in a little Singletary action, a little digs, and then a nice uh, play action bootleg to find Gabe Davis behind the defense. And Gabe Davis' season officially gets underway as he scores the opening touchdown of the NFL season. And I saw some prop bets going around that it was going to be, in fact, Davis that scored the season's opening touchdown. So if you had that prop bet, pat yourself on the back. 
uh, Gabe got it done, seven nothing Bills, and uh, the Rams offense gets to take the field. You know, they got a healthy Cam Akers. Uh, they have the addition of Allen Robinson. Even OBJ was there celebrating something that I can't exactly remember, but he was there representing the Rams and their Super Bowl team. And after what I saw in week one, it's in their best interest to go back and uh, recruit him. As much as, you know, he's welcome to come to the Bills if he wants to play there, um, the Rams need him. Did not it did not look great for the Rams in their first drive of the game? Uh, they got they got past midfield and they eventually got shut down. Von Miller came in and uh, he hit that little ghost move and came away with the sack. Uh, big play there. I think it was like second and six at the time. The the sack takes the Rams out of field goal range and leaves them in a third and fourteen. I mean, I don't think they were in field goal range to begin with, but they were approaching field goal range, but that sack set them way back. And then the Bills kind of just, like, played a little drop zone coverage and tackled Cooper Cup for the small gain. Regardless, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I'm still a little hoarse from screaming at that game. Um, but the Rams did not score on their opening drive. 7-0 Bills. And then things got funky. Bills were mostly in control of the game. Uh, they were going down the field to score a second time, and that is when the funky interception uh, from Allen to Isaiah McKenzie kind of bobbled around, and I think it was uh, Terrell Lewis that came up with that interception. The ball hit McKenzie kind of in the chest, and it looked like maybe wasn't secured as he was going to a knee. We didn't really get to see a good replay of it in the stadium. I haven't gone back and watched the game yet. But, you know, bang, bang, play. It looked like the ball was kind of still alive. So, you know what? Sometimes bad stuff happens, but you got to go play defense after that. And that's exactly what the Bills did. They came out and they forced three and out, get the ball back, seven zip. Uh, and so, Bills come back on the field, no harm, no foul. But second play of that drive... They give it to James Cook, the rookie, and he fumbles on contact. And, well, when you're a rookie running back and you fumble, you go back to the bench and you don't come back in the game. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, so, Bill's defense back on the field again. Uh, the Rams have good field position. They're definitely in field goal range this time. Long field goal, but within field goal range. Uh, like 52-yarder. And... Uh, Cam Akers tries to get something, gets nothing. And then Stafford kind of miscommunicates with Higby. Uh, looked like he was going to kind of like do a sit-down curl route rather than turn it upfield. Or I don't know exactly what was going on with those two, but that was a miscommunication. And Stafford threw a pick to uh, Dane Jackson, who kept his eyes on the ball. Great job by Dane. Uh, he played really well in this game. Uh, for a second-year guy who's filling in for Trey and having to go up against the likes of Cooper Cup. Uh, he acquitted himself very well. So the Bills come away with that interception, and they finally get the opportunity to go down the field, kick a field goal, make it 10-0. Oh, excuse me, my mustache here. hairs are itching like crazy. Um, they go down the field. They stall out a little bit. They've, Allen finally has an incomplete. I think he started this game... Uh, I wrote it down somewhere. 
doing all the, the homework on this game was very interesting because I knew Alan played well, but I'm also like not watching the stats. I'm not seeing any kind of like broadcast overlay. Um, so he was nine of nine until the point where he threw the kind of bobbled interception to McKenzie. And then he hit his next one, two, three, four, five, six in a row before the incomplete to Gabe Davis set up the field goal. But he was 15 of 17 at that point and finished the first half 16 of 19 for 150 and a touchdown with two picks. So very, very efficient uh, despite the interceptions. The interception at the after the field goal, excuse me, let me not get ahead of myself. After the field goal, the Rams finally get on the board and they go very Cooper Cup heavy and work their way down the field. Uh, they're still having trouble running the ball, which was one of the keys to the Bills' success here was not letting them establish the run game. Uh, but Cooper Cup is Cooper Cup for a reason. And I think this was the only catch of Allen Robinson's day was on a big big third down here this third and 14 uh he got a 12 yard catch and then they went for it on fourth and two and converted of course to cooper cup um and then cup ran a nice kind of outbreaking corner route to the end zone and hauled in the touchdown and you know going into this game i i can recognize that cooper cup is the man I mean, he's the Triple Crown winner in the NFL. He led the league in catches, receptions, and touchdowns. Of course he's the man. Of course he's going to have success without Trey on the field and with two rookies and a second-year guy out there. Uh, and Matt Stafford knows him very well. And I think Cup finished the day with 13 catches for 120 yards and a touchdown. So, all right. They did what they were supposed to do. They get on the board. Uh, and it's 10-7. So those two turnovers, you know didn't kill him but the game could have been more out of reach than 10-0 at the time the Rams scored that touchdown uh so then the Bills get the ball with like three minutes they're trying to get back in this game or not sorry excuse me they're trying to get back the points that they left on the field with the turnovers and they're doing pretty well they convert uh third and seven as they're leaving their territory and they're at about the 40, and uh, Allen drops back in shotgun. He kind of like looks around. What he, where he wants to go isn't there. He comes back, and he sees Crowder over the middle, and he's getting a little bit of pressure. He steps up in the pocket, and I think he just tried to rush to throw because the pressure was there. And I don't know if Crowder intentionally like kind of slowed down over the middle of the field to show Allen that he's there. And it could just be a thing that, you know, these guys have not really played together at this point. So it's going to be something where they're learning each other. But on that crossing route, Crowder's wide open to the sideline. Uh, and I think when they look at the tape, they're going to take care of that. I think that route is still going to be run by Crowder or by McKenzie. They'll keep that in the playbook. And uh, if it's recognized and Allen just throws that ball a little bit out to the sideline, like Crowder's got all day and plenty of room to work out there on the side um probably doesn't score on it but uh he'll get a nice big gain and a first down on that uh but for whatever reason it just that's not exactly what happened the ball was a little behind him Crowder slowed down and Troy Hill who rejoins the Rams after a, a year away uh makes that pick right there and they're in field goal range to start that drive the Rams are 
And, you know, the Buffalo defense holds pretty well. And yeah, after a penalty, it ends up putting, uh, sorry, it was a sack uh, by Jordan Phillips, uh, half sack uh, with him and uh, AJ Epinesa, who they both played really well, by the way. I think they both had a sack and a half in this game. Bills ended up with seven sacks. I mean, if you know the Bills last season, I think they had, they had, no, I don't think I know. They had 42 sacks as a team. So they're already about 20% of the way to their season total uh, from last season, and they're on pace for 119. I don't think they're going to get to 119, but if they just, you know, get two or three a game on a regular basis, uh, and they're big ones like this, where it's, you know, a first and 10 at the 29, and they're they're able to pick up a nine-yard sack and force uh, Stafford into a second and 19 where he goes to cup and they read that play and Von Miller blows it up for a uh, negative play right there. Now they're third and 20 at the 39 and Matt Gay has to kick a 57 yard field goal and Matt Gay's got a big leg and he's a fairly accurate kicker and he hits it. But that's a situation where that could have very easily turned into points. Uh, Sorry, touchdown right there because they were at the 29. They had 34 seconds. You know, this Rams team last year maybe even does score the touchdown from that position. But their offensive line is going to have some work to do. Uh, and I also think they played a really, really, really good defense. So it's a combination of them not getting enough snaps together during the preseason. Uh, it's a combination of the Bills having an excellent defense already and getting better. And we, I think we saw both things. The Rams were just not in sync. Uh, I don't know what the hell is going on with Allen Robinson out there, but killing me in my fantasy teams. I I took him expecting Cooper Cup to draw a lot of doubles and getting a lot of Robinson one-on-ones. And uh, I, I got to think that Sean McVay is going to fix that uh, next week when they play Atlanta. Or no, sorry. They play Atlanta in two weeks in L.A., uh, but that's not their next game. I don't think it could be though yeah they're not playing this weekend it probably is their next game whatever i'm not here to talk about the rams that much just if you're a fantasy owner of stafford and of Allen robinson and even cam Akers, i know a lot of people are kicking themselves and i did not like having to start my rams players in this game but i didn't know what else to do i also started my bills players so it is what it is uh i think they'll get it together but 10-10 at the half, I mean, if you're the Rams, you got to be happy with that because you, you really didn't play well, and you didn't even really cash in on uh, the available chances that were given to you by the Bills. You ended up uh, scoring on a different uh, a different drive. You didn't even cash in on the turnover. Well, at least not the, the early two. They cashed in on the third one and put a field goal on the board. So good for them, but they get out of the half, getting the ball back. You know, they got to feel at least somewhat confident coming into the second half that way. Like, hey, we, we played horrible. Um, they're dominating us. Uh, time of possession was in the Bills' favor. Yardage was in the Bills' favor. Uh, I think the Rams even had more penalties against them at that point. So you couldn't have asked for a better ass-kicking than the Rams had gotten in the in the first half. And they get the ball to start the second half. But you know what? It's the Bills' defense again. Uh, Stafford, I think, got sack fumbled. He didn't turn it over, but uh, third and four, he got sacked. 
lost the ball, recovered it, it looks like. Um, yeah, he recovered it. And they go three and out and punt. And the Bills, you know, they were in the locker room at halftime trying to get their stuff straight, eliminate those turnovers, um, try to figure out where they were strong and where they were weak. And as I was talking to some people on Twitter about this at halftime from the stadium, someone was asking, you know, what are the adjustments that uh, you want to see? And I said, I don't want to see them throwing screen passes to Zach Moss anymore. Uh, I don't think that Moss is the best receiving back on the team. I don't understand why his usage was the way that it was. He ended up with 12 touches in the game total. Um, Let me look at my notes. I take copious amounts of notes when I do this. And most of it goes into the written article because that's where you can see the data. And I even like making graphs, but I didn't do any for this. So in the first half, Moss had two carries for four yards and four catches for 16. Um, So he's doing okay, but he's averaging just over three yards per touch. And I mean, four yards of reception isn't really great. And uh, on the other side of it, You have Singletary, who's got four carries for 18 yards, so north of four yards a carry, and his only reception went for six yards. So I'm not really sure why this need to force Zach Moss into the passing game role that he's really not the most adept at, and I don't even dislike Zach Moss at all. He's he's a good player. Um, It's just that's not what he does. He's he's more of a find contact, run over contact kind of back, and that's okay because, you know, they, these different running backs had different skill sets, but I'm just a little curious as to why he was dialed up in the passing game as much as he was. It seems like early last season they were also trying to figure out Moss and what they wanted to do with him. So uh, it's a little weird to think that Singletary, to me, last year showed that he's very clearly their RB1. And he's here again, uh, getting out-touched by Moss. He did also get out-touched by Moss again in the second half, but he was uh, far more effective. And I think that just proves the point. So going into the second half, they open up uh, the half with two Singletary runs, and he picks up 13 yards on those two runs. And uh, he picks up another 13-yarder on this drive as well. And like by the time this drive is over, it's very, very clear that Devin Singletary is the best running back on the team. I don't understand this need to like not feature him as the guy. I know you want to like have more diversity, but if Zach Moss is supposed to be like the the running back inside the uh, five yard line, get inside the five yard line and use him there. That's totally fine. I mean, it's gonna piss off Singletary fantasy owners, but you know if the Bills win, I think they'll be okay with that. So. In the second half total, Singletary had four carries for 30 yards and a catch for eight. Meanwhile, Moss has six total touches for 18 yards. So one of the things I wanted to see was get Singletary the ball and uh, stop featuring Moss in the passing game. And one of the other things I wanted to see was the Bills take advantage of the the matchups that I was seeing in the secondary. Uh, heading into this game, outside of Ramsey, 
I didn't think the Rams had the secondary that was equipped to deal with what the Bills could bring to the table uh, from their receiving group. And when I was watching them line up, uh, Ramsey was moving all over the place. He wasn't necessarily shadowing Diggs or Davis or anybody in particular. So anytime I saw Davis or Diggs one-on-one against either of the other two guys, I wanted that shot to get taken the whole time. And uh, in the second half, they didn't really back down from Ramsey. They didn't back down from him in the first either. Um, but they, they took their shots at him. And overall, I think he gave up six catches on seven targets for 120 yards and two touchdowns or something like that. So Ramsey, Ramsey got cooked. There's, there's no doubt about that. And Diggs scorched him on that 53-yarder. I mean, that looked kind of like a miscommunication as well. Like he was trying to pass it off to a safety that wasn't there. But uh, even take that one off the board, I mean, he still gave up a, a reasonable amount. Uh, completions and yardage and he gave up a touchdown as well so that was another one of the things uh that i wanted to see get taken care of and i also wanted kind of like the the delays up the middle i want i wanted that gone because excuse me i hit the microphone uh bobby wagner and aaron donald in the middle of that defense those are two hall of fame defenders and they're too smart at diagnosing that stuff and one of the sacks, I think actually both of the sacks probably that came in the first half were on plays that were like designed quarterback keepers. And, you know, that ain't going to work against those guys. Uh, it's just not going to. So second half opens up with that touchdown drive. Um, Singletary picks up his eight-yard catch on uh, to convert a first down inside the 10. And then Isaiah McKenzie has his redemption moment and catches a nice little slant touchdown. And then it's just Bill's defense from there on out. The Rams don't score in the second half. They only muster six plays and 25 yards on the drive after that. And uh, the ensuing touchdown, uh, Allen finds himself uh, scrambling right a little bit. Uh, I don't know if it was a designed run or not. It looked like it might have been. A little hard to see from where I was sitting because uh, it happened kind of quickly and he was running away from our corner. But uh, he's running to that right side pylon. And, you know, credit to Bobby Wagner for getting there and putting the hit on him. But Josh is too big and too strong. And he just reached his arm out over that goal line. And that was enough. And it's 24-10 at that point. Rams come back out. They still got nothing. Stafford throws another pick. Um, this one was intercepted by Poyer. He was out there playing with that arm brace on. He still looked good, though. Uh, arm didn't seem to bother him at all. Didn't drop that ball. Um, and, you know, Bill's Mafia in attendance going, going nuts for Poyer, and rightfully so. I hope he finds his way to some kind of amenable deal with the Bills to get that contract situation taken care of because he deserves it and uh him coming over to the team was kind of like the beginning of the shift in defensive culture for them so i want to see that guy get paid comes away with that interception though right around midfield buffalo takes over easy peasy moss for a yard uh allen runs for five yards at that point and that's where they find uh Mr. Diggs on this 53-yarder, a little bit of a, a rollout play. Allen kind of underthrew him a little bit, too. Uh, I think he threw the ball maybe a little too high, 
and uh, came up short, but Diggs was so far past Ramsey at that point, he was able to sit down on it, literally put his butt on the turf, caught that ball falling down, and then just rolled his way into the end zone. And uh, he got up, and he had some words for Jalen because on the, the drive before that, I think he had just missed uh, a pass over the middle in the back of the end zone. It hit Diggs in the hands, just kind of got rifled in there, didn't quite get it, but he showed him. He kind of like put his fingers together like, I was this close, almost got you, and him and Ramsey were jawing at each other the whole time. So he got, a, he got him on the next possession. Uh, and then the Rams come out, and it's Stafford interception again. Uh, and this one was picked off by uh, Basham. Uh, right around midfield as well. Higby was the only other guy that was getting targeted in this game, and I think the Bills were just keying in on it. I think of Stafford's, let me see, Stafford had 41 attempts total, and 26 of those went to Cup and Higby, so realistically, he's throwing them the ball all the time. The only other guy who really did anything was Daryl Henderson and uh, Skoranek, but, you know, Robinson was invisible, had two targets, and one of those was just a garbage time plea. Um, yeah, it didn't look like he was running that hard out there. Something was going on with those two, but uh, honestly, that defense will uh, make you reassess some things with the way that they played. And, uh, oh, there, there was that one other fumble after that. So, yeah, they come away with the pick from Basham. And then Zach Moss fumbles, you know, second and six at the Rams 20. So it's like, this is his sweet spot. They're inside the red zone. This is where he's supposed to be a powerhouse. And he fumbles. And it, it happened so awkwardly, I didn't even see it. I think I was actually recording the play when it happened. And I couldn't quite see that it was a fumble, but I saw that there was like a scuffle after the play was over and uh, Hollins on the Rams came up with it at the 18. So there's another thing, like you've got your other two running backs fumbling, not really producing a ton of yardage. So ultimately, like what is the point here? Uh, Singletary is the guy, he's shown it. Um, he, you know, he only had, uh, what, 62 all-purpose yards, but, you know, he only had 10 touches, so he's averaging 6 yards a touch. Moss, on the other hand, had 12 touches and only 36 yards, so, and he fumbled. Um, so, they're gonna have to address that. And it's not, it's not just the fumbling. Like, for me, it's more about the effectiveness. Like, the fumbling is one thing. Singletary had his fumbling issues as well, and I still wanted him to be able to get a chance because I thought he was, you know, the man for the job. And th since kind of being in the doghouse with his fumbling problems, he's been a much better back uh, over the last, like, year and a half or so, season and a half, I should say. He's been really good for the Bills. So I would like to see him become the lead guy and then they just spell him every now and then when he gets tired. I don't need to see this uh, this distribution of touches between them at all. Don't need it. Um, and if you fumble, what's the point of being a goal line back if you're going to drop the ball? You might as well just give it to Allen inside the 20 or just let Singletary have a chance to run it in, right? He's been running with power. He's more shifty. He gets his head down and keeps his legs moving. Moss is kind of, he's looking for a one cut and then to like shoulder somebody and run them over. The problem is like, 
there's always contact there and he's only gonna get a yard or two after contact unless he really floors the guy and is able to just keep running after that which I haven't seen so far uh, Singletary will take that initial contact up around the shoulders and he'll just keep his head down forward and keep moving his legs and get extra yardage. Moss is like almost coming into it like a juke. He's coming in sideways like a hockey check and he absorbs the contact really well for the most part and he dishes out the contact really well for the most part but there's not a lot of room for extra yardage there. So that's great for short yardage situations in theory. Um, not so great when you're trying to be an effective running back in space. And I know he had some moments in the preseason but, uh, you know... I'll be curious to see what happens against the Titans. Like, say the Bills get up. If it's 31-10 and they're giving Moss these kind of touches and these kind of catches out of the backfield, I don't care. But <laughs> but when that game is 7-0, 10-10, like, that's not what I want to see at all. Um, so I think they're going to have to find a way to work that in later as the season goes on. Anyway, he, he does fumble there. Uh... And then the Rams make their last stand. They get the ball, I think, with, what, five, five minutes left? And they actually make it down the field. And they, they finally throw it to Allen Robinson again on a fourth and 14 from the 16. And they kind of just, like, try to get him a jump ball against Christian Benford. But Benford's played really well. He had a great preseason. He looked really good in this game. And I think he outsnapped Kyrie Elam. Based on what I saw, I was asking myself a lot during the game, where is Elam? I thought he was starting tonight opposite Jackson. And, you know, I was asking people around me, like, where is he? I haven't seen him out there much. So if I had to look at the snap distribution, it looks like Benford was the guy opposite Dane Jackson. So I think that tells you something. Um, it's also early, so I wouldn't be surprised if they're just trying to get Elam, like, some reps here and there not put all the pressure on him but I mean that says a lot about uh, Benford that they were willing to throw him out there with Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson and just not have fear and he played really well so shit all good signs you know Diggs and Davis both had good games the defense had great games Josh Allen in the second half went 10 of 12 and you know one of those incompletions was technically a, a sack on the kneel I believe uh, could be wrong about that but he, he went 10 of 12 he had 147 yards, uh, two touchdowns, nine carries, 49 yards, and the touchdown in the second half. So super efficient, 26 of 31 overall, just shy of 300 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, so he looked great. But that second half was, you know, the kind of MVP coming out party. You see this in the league where it's like the narrative starts to get built about who's going to win MVP and things like that very early in the season and it's just more about who can live up to that narrative and who doesn't live up to that narrative where that discussion happens so I mean that was an MVP performance in the second half no doubt about it and the whole world got to see it on opening night so I mean it's Josh Allen's season it's the Bills season everybody's picking the Bills for a reason and they looked fantastic I understand the Rams got some work to do and they are not the same team that won the Super Bowl so there is probably a disparity between how good the Rams were perceived to be as they were ranked uh, I believe number two in the power rankings behind the Bills 
there is a there is a gap between where they were at the end of last season and where they are now, and that gap is bigger probably than the Rams wanted to acknowledge. Um, but that opens up the NFC much wider than I would have previously thought, um, because now that division is not for certain. If if the Rams don't get it together and their young offensive line doesn't gel without Andrew Whitworth, the Niners can come in and take that. Uh, Cardinals can come in and take that. Seahawks aren't even that bad. Uh, you know, the perception is that they're going to be bad without Russell Wilson. I think they'll be mediocre. And if the whole division is mediocre, then you, n- you just never know. But regardless, that's a win against the defending champs. And it's a good win. Good quality win on the road, in the spotlight, under pressure. You turn the ball over four times and you still win by three touchdowns? That's impressive. Super duper impressive. Uh, and really, a lot of it was how good the defense was and how easily they were able to get the ball back to the offense. Because, you know, even if the Bills turned the ball over, you know, Josh Allen is a dangerous guy. Like, the two interceptions almost don't even matter. Uh, he still had four touchdowns. So, and I, I mean... You could say that the one to Crowder was an underthrown ball behind. It was a little behind him. Um, so, yeah, not great. They'll clean that up. Uh, but realistically, if you could come out of every game with, you know, four touchdowns, I think he had three passing touchdowns. So that's 51 passing touchdowns and 34 interceptions. So, I mean, like, those are alarming interception numbers, but... Hey, if they get the number one seed and win the Super Bowl, he can throw as many picks as he wants. Uh, It's just not ideal. But hey, you know what? Whatever. They look good. That's all I care about. They came out of L.A. with the W. I got to sit in SoFi and watch that with all the other crazy Bills fans that had come to town, who were already in town, who live here like me, which isn't a ton, but there's some of us. It was a great night, and I look forward to the rest of this season. Uh, the Bills square off against Tennessee next, and they get 10 days off before that game on the following Monday night. Uh, let me take a look at the calendar. That is going to be not this upcoming Monday the 12th, but the 19th. And they historically have some weird issues with playing Tennessee during the regular season, but this isn't the same Tennessee team either. So this is not the number one seed from last season. They lost a lot. Uh, they're working a lot of new pieces in there. Can't wait for the Bills to smash them. Uh, they get off to a 2-0 start. That would be great. I don't know. What else is there to say? You know what? There's not much else to say. If you listen to this show, thank you so much. Love you guys. Bills Mafia. Uh, shit, go Bills. Thanks to everyone who took the time to listen to this episode. I know you've got a lot of choices when it comes to your Bills Mafia content, and I still believe word of mouth is the best way to help, so if you enjoyed what I'm doing, please tell somebody. But liking and subscribing, wherever you get your podcasts, also helps out too. This show is an extension of thescheist.com, and you can contact me at info at or at scheistpodcast on Twitter. And until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Bills!